Marvel Spider-Sense Spider-Man. Super style. Get in the action today. Available at Target. MarvelKids.com Dear listener to our podcast, Jeff and Rick present Unpacking the Power of Power Pack. Where we journey through each issue of comics that include a member of the most underrated Marvel series from the 80s while drinking beer. Analyzing awesome and amazing adjacent adolescent adventures and absorbing alcohol. I am Jeff. And I am Rick. If I random banter, would you still remember me? Random banter time, buddy. Talk to me. Tell me tall tales and tantalizing tidbits of trivia today. Play Freebird. Yep. Why would I pick Freebird? There's two reasons. There's two reasons. If I leave here tomorrow, got somebody that's leaving. Yep. Would you still know my name? People got different identities. Nah, not that. I'm going off of. Uh, okay, think of the. Uh, what's the band name? Who who sang this song? Uh, Leonard Skinner. Yep. Right. Yep. Metal ain't got no skin. He'd been Skinnered. <laughs> You're bad. Okay. <laughs> I tied in two things, a song and the artist. Nice. I was very nice. proud of myself. Really? Too soon, Jeff. Too soon. <laughs> uh, I don't know. This is like a comic from what? 2014, something like that. 2011. I think, yeah. I think, and and the, the song's older than that. I don't know. Yeah. I, don't know. I think we're good. I think it's, I think I'm right. I'm quite timely. You are never right and hardly timely, but we digress. <laughs> I will tell you what is timely, and that is right now from when we're recording this. Not going to mean too much to anybody like a <laughs> month or so from now when I actually put this out. But this weekend is Rose City Comic Con. That is Ooh. right. September 22nd through the 24th of 2023. Rose City Comic Con. Me there. Jeff not. Don't yep. matter. We, uh, <laughs> I'm going to represent. I'm going to have my stuff there. I think that there's going to be a few people I'm hoping to see there. I know one of my coworkers, um, actually my, my one of my managers, he says, I'm taking Friday off. I'm like, I'm taking half a Friday off too. We doing the same thing? Yeah, we doing the same thing. So I'm going to see him there. Nice. I know there's a couple other people I'm friends with on some of the social medias going to see there too. I'm excited because Sunday night at 4 p.m., the back end of the show, Hard Choices, which is a very mature content podcast I listen to, is going to be doing a live show about one uh, live show and... It'll be fun. But our friend, <laughs> friend of the show, Hub from Tighten Up the Defense is going to hey. be there with a few other people. He's on that panel. He's with that group that does that kind of thing. So I'm excited. i really looking forward to seeing that. Got the excuse card from the wife that, yes, I am going to be home late Sunday night. Just chill. <laughs> Very nice. And no, Carrie can't come. <laughs> you shouldn't come either because you ain't going to be interested either. Look, I want to hear about that. It, it, they are going to be ranking the um, relationships somethings that you would have with certain characters. In this case, they are going to be looking at 80s animated... Okay. Where you would rate them on a list of the most 
somethingable to the least somethingable. <laughs> Affectionable. Sure. Yeah. We're sure counting. They are into that. you, you are into them. Where do they rank on that list? Yeah, because you there have will be s- some talks. There will be some very candid feelings about Skeletor. Mm-hmm. So yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it, 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 it's a very fun show. It's not one that I would recommend at all for children not at all you can't even really explain it to children so <laughs> you shouldn't and i'm very curious about this this uh, it sounded fun i like this i want i'm i'm like cool i want to be involved in that or hear about it it's a fun it's a fun little show they do and they're they get to do it live at rose city comic-con and nice. rose city comic-con said yes we are going to put this at the end of the show yes we'll let people go home and that way yeah There'll be a smaller people crowd. People who really want to be there yeah. will be there. The people, people that aren't going to just find yeah. this. Yeah, yeah. They won't stumble in because they're like, eh, it's, I don't know, it's one o'clock. We've got this. we got time. Four o'clock. Let's go. Four o'clock. I know, I'm just saying, it's, oh, it's <laughs> yeah. one o'clock on a Saturday. Oh, what do you want to go see? Oh, we could go do a meet and greet or, oh, we could go hear this thing. Hard choices. Oh, I wonder what that's about. Yeah. No, most of my time, though, I am going to be spent walking the halls, going to Artist Alley, seeing a few different writers and comic book artists i know i've got a couple of books that i pulled out of our stack of books we are going to cover Mm -hmm. so i'm going to get some signatures from some comic creators that are doing books that have power pack in them don't ask me who they are right now because i can't remember i've got a list i've got a large stack of books (laughs) i've got many comic book boxes open behind me that jeff is looking at i've been in meetings all week and people are like are those comic book boxes behind you and i said yes yes they are that is what I've got going on right now. How about you? Well, that sounds kind of neat. I mean, that uh, it's like on par what I'm going to talk about, which is I was about a week ago or so, I was cleaning some brush, and I discovered a yellow jacket hive. And I discovered that yellow jacket hive the hard way because I started getting invisible stung by monsters. So I, I screamed bees in my brain, and then I ran away. And as I ran away, a bird pooped on me. So, you know. We're doing pretty equitable. You're going to go to Comic-Con and I got stung and bird pooped. So I'm going to tell you this again (laughs) because I've told it to you many, many times. You need to make better choices with your life. The reason you got stung and pooped on is because you are not going to Rose City Comic-Con. It's quite possibly true. If you were going to Rose City (laughs) Comic-Con, those animals of the wild would have looked at you and said, there is a man who makes wise choices in the future because we know what he will do. We will respect him and his boundaries and we will encourage him to do good things with his life. They are punishing you because you do not come with me to Rose City Comic Con. It's true. Yeah, I even, uh, I got an exterminator out there because I'm like, I need to work in this area. I have no choice about this and I need to do it without being gun shy and running away over and over again. So he came out and I told him my story and he started laughing and then he's like, I'm sorry, that's not funny. And I'm like, no, it is funny. That's why I told you. (laughs) Comedy is tragedy plus time. It's both things that happened at that point. So it's okay. (laughs) So that's mine. I got other stuff I could talk about, TV shows and movies and whatnot. But we can move on into the show. We do a show? Why, I think we do do a show. But we can only do that if we do beer. But we can't do beer until you give us a two-sentence replay. So give us a two-sentence replay so we can have beer. Well, the world was saved from the four mad celestials, and everyone is happy about it. Well, everyone except young Valeria, that is. She thinks it's dumb because her dumb future self stood around and watched her dumb future brother do all the dumb work. And now they have to clean up dumb New York before they can go back to the rebuilt dumb Baxter building where her dumb dad has made familiar habitats for all the different dumb members of the Future Foundation. And she bets the dumb Atlanteans poop in their dumb water rooms. 
Now that the the non-surprise was that Doom survived on the other side of the gate, and now he plans to build the Parliament of Doom over the ashes of the Council of Reeds. Two-sentence replay is over. Why don't you give me a beer and tell us what our power pack pick is? My pleasure, my friend. Let me tell you, Jeff... I've got friends in low places where something, something, because I don't know the song. <laughs> I got you a beer. That's called Breakside Low Places. Wow. You didn't even get me give me a chance to see it on my own. It's just what no. it is. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I was going to sing you a song and show you. I mean, that's mm-hmm. how it's going to work this time. I, I mean, like it. We, we do things different ways here. I'm keeping the surprise i'm keeping it fresh for you You're keeping like the, the relationship fresh this is nice well golly mister breakside brewing is from portland oregon mm-hmm. wow what an exotic location that sounds like if only we could journey there just down the street from your house i can yeah <laughs> why would i say low places I kind of gave it away a little bit with my little song there, I think. But. <laughs> we got some people that are depressed. Yeah, this is nice. It's just a picture of like an active mine. It's got the rocks. It's got the rail system in there, some lights. This is the low places are subterranean because mm-hmm. they're mining. We don't have any subterranean things in our book. It's just that people are depressed. People are yeah. talking. We have somebody that's got some friends and I like the low places reference. She's talking to her friends and it just made me think of that song. Yeah, she's she's kind of sad about stuff. Yeah, this is very much episode where people are kind of rethinking their lives and thinking that, like, you know, maybe I need to take a break from the superheroing. Maybe I need to get out of the situation that I'm in. Maybe I need to leave behind the familiar and the comfortable and, and branch off into something new and potentially not exciting, but different and scary and kind of have a little bit of self-growth. That sounds like every conversation I have with myself at 545 in the morning. Oh, but- yeah. Low Places by Breakside Brewing, Lager Beer. We've long enjoyed making lagers here at Breakside, whether it be our Pilsner or one of our many award-winning lagers that we brew at our pubs. These beers are universally loved by our brewers, and for good reason. They're refreshing, smooth, drinkable, clean, and complex. We're excited to see that our customers are engaging these styles more and more each year. Yes, we do believe that craft lager is finally ready to have a moment. And at IBU 18, 4.8% ABV, let's have some dark lager. Shall we? It's got a lovely color to it. It's like a it's like an amber ale, maybe kind of mixed with like a red. Yeah. It's a very pretty color, very clear. Very neutral? Very neutral. I don't get much on the nose. So I'm almost not smelling it. I'm still no. a little sickness no, sinuses, no, no. but there's there's no real smell. It's very neutral, it's very clean. And the taste is oh, that's very pleasant. mild. Very yeah, mild. It's mild. And that is a that is a drinkable beer. Yeah. I like it. I mean, again, it's not the, it's not challenging. It's not the most flavorful. It's not the most anything forward. It is just, it's just nice. It's just, it's, it's clean. It's crisp. It is pleasant. It is a good drinking beer. It's a dark lager. Lagers are your simple, easy, straightforward Budweiser type beers. Dark lagers, put a little bit of color in there. Kick up the malts a bit. That's what we got. We got the good, clean malt taste. Not a lot of hops. No hops, really, at all. But it's just a clean, enjoyable, cool, and refreshing drink. That's what it is. It doesn't have any gimmicks. No. And that's kind of refreshing sometimes to not have gimmick beers where you're like, oh, well, this has a pepper in it, and this has oranges, and this has this. It's like, oh, this is just nice. It says in the description that it's complex, and I think the complexity comes with there is taste in there, but it's not, there's nothing really forward. It's a lot of good flavors that are pairing nicely with the malt flavor. So it's just, they're really letting just the natural clean essence of a brewed beverage come out. 
What's funny about it, I think it's complex in its simplicity. Mm-hmm. A lot of work went into making this just a nice laid back thing. Yeah. This is good. I, I like Breakside Brewery. I really do. They do some yeah. good, fun stuff. They do. Good, nice stuff. I wouldn't say fun. I think that it's actually good, clean beers. They do yeah. good stuff. I do not think of Breakside as like, a, oh, they're goofy and funny. They're not like great notions. I was also thinking of like the people who did the Hellboy beer and stuff. You know, they're not doing yeah. themes or like, oh, this is a movie tie-in. And, oh, we went crazy and this is caramel apple or anything nah. like that. They're just like, we make beer and it's good beer. Yep. And Marvel Comics make some good comics. Oftentimes, yes. Okay. People can make bad comics. We've been more or less reading a bunch of good comics. And when we're talking about Avengers, on a whole, flagship title. It's pretty good. And this is one of the offshoots of Avengers. And I'm talking about, forget it. I'm not going to tell you what I'm talking about. I'm going to let Jeff tell you what we're talking about as he gives us the opening credits. Avengers Academy, issue number 20, December 2011, endings. Credits, writer, Christos Engage, penciler, Tom Rainey, inker, Scott Hanna, letterer, Joe Caramonga, colorist, Jeremy N. Cox. Featuring a lot of people, but we're going to go ahead and stick with these ones. Vale, Maddie Berry, Reptile, Umberto Lopez, Hazmat, Jennifer Takata, Metal, Ken Mack, Finesse, Gene Foucault, Striker, Brandon Sharp, Justice, Vance Astrovic, Giant Man, Hank Pym, Tigra, Greer Nelson, Quicksilver, Pietro Maximoff, and Speedball, Robbie Baldwin. Oh yeah, uh, also guest starring, Julie Power, huzzah! <laughs> to sum up the beginning of this book and where we are in the Avengers story, there were a whole lot of big battles with the Red Skull's daughter, a giant serpent, Titania and the Absorbing Man, and the infinite Avengers mansion nearly being blown up. Say what? Needless to say, there is something like 50 years of backstory to bring us to this point here, and also, uh, hey, Thor's dead. Sacrificing himself in battle as a good Viking god should. Ah. Uh. Poor Chris Hemsworth. We hardly knew ye. Uh, I'm pretty sure he'll get better. But the point is, there is a group of teenage superpowered individuals who have been put through a lot. Originally gathered by evil Norman Osborn to do some evil stuff after he did some evil stuff to them. They were eventually rescued by the Avengers and have been receiving training and help. Good for them. Including a brief moment where Spider-Man was their substitute teacher and some middle-aged guys talked about it on their podcast. Huh. Bummer for these kids. That had to be tedious. But then all of this stuff happened, and now there's some doubt, not just amongst the students, but actually all of the Avengers. But we really do not care about them and their little problems. What? Little problems like maybe Tony Stark drinking again? And the danger that Jess and Luke Cage's daughter is being constantly exposed to by superhero battles? No! <laughs> Heck with those guys. We need to focus on Maddie, a.k.a. Vale. She has been distant with her teammates and has finally decided to make the decision to take a mysterious person up on their offer. Ah, intrigue. Thy name is Comics. But as Maddie finishes her mysterious call, she is approached by Jennifer, a.k.a. Hazmat. They are not the bestest of friends. What with Hazmat's caustic attitude, lack of charm, and genuine radioactive personality, but she still wants to try and talk Maddie out of quitting. Yeah. Quitting is for quitters, and quitters are losers, and losers are not winners. So stay on the winning team by losing at quitting. While Jennifer does not use this line, she does try out the old grass is not always greener approach. The problem is that Maddie never had a good life. Broken family, trained to be a killer, met her heroes and found out that they were more screwed up than she was. <laughs> Maddie has some baggage. 
Before Hazmat can really lose this argument, we get the entrance and ah, sigh, exit of one of the greatest Marvel superheroes of all time, Speedball. Really? Yeah, Robbie's been helping out as a teacher. Kind of a do-as-I-don't-not-as-I-do classilibus teaching style, I bet. Whatever. He has some of his own trauma he's been working through, and now he feels that he is ready to head out back on his own. So, what you're saying is he's going to bounce? Yes, but he will still be around if needed. But I guess that writer had too many people on the roster, and they needed to let somebody go. They made a very wise choice. We will agree to disagree. Still, before he pieces out, he takes a moment to also chat with Vale about her choice. While he recognizes that he is also leaving, he really boils it down to one question. Has she made sure she has packed all of her masks? Remember, the Avengers have been picking up the costume bill, something the private sector does not usually cover. Uh, no. Well, uh, yes, there's that too. But also, the real question is, you okay, girl? And because this is a superhero comic, he's asking her this question while some of their cohort are involved with a superhero fight. It looks like three, oh, what letter are we on? A, B, C, D, E. E-list villains called Aftershock Ember and the Ice Master, and they're pulling off a Butch and Sundance last stand against a barrage of heroes. Before the Avengers Academy can put a lid on these off-brand peanut butter replacements, a guy called Briggs shows up in a helicopter and does something to the villains. Holy headaches, Batman! What is this guy's deal? Well, he is a matter manipulator who can alter things at a molecular level. He is also a billionaire, which has been proven is an actual superpower. And he is actively recruiting people to a team that he is assembling. Wait, is he the guy that Vale is leaving the Avengers to join? You betcha. And he drops that kernel of truth on the rest of her teammates who are not too pleased that she would rather work with that jerk than them. Yeah, the next few pages are filled with a lot of people telling Vale about the number of ways that this is stupid, and that the guy is a killer, and a liar, and that she is stupid. But Metal thinks that the money is nice, so why not take that cheddar and run? But what does Hank Pym think? Oh, hang on a second. Let me check. Wow, that might be the first time in recorded history that anyone has ever asked that question. Well, Hank starts off with an apology, so that is also a starter to mark in the history books. For reasons that pass understanding, except for the cool aesthetic look of it all, a giant Hank is leaning on a building, chatting with Vale, admitting that he is a failure. While he may have failed in much of his life, and trust me, he has, Vale assured him that he did not fail her. He did his best, which put her in a place where she is able to make the decision to join the dark side. So, is that a win-lose or a draw? Hmm, you know what? Let's just call it a win so that Hank can have a historical hat trick. She just does not feel like an Avenger. And she wants to hang out with a billionaire psychopath because he does help kids and does good things. And she wants to try something else, like hanging with a billionaire. Hey, the whole world tried New Coke and demanded the original back. But they still tried New Coke. And that's all we asked for. Hours later, Maddie is finally packing her clothes. But Vance Astro flies up to her window to have his say. And possibly to grab a peek at her changing. He has not appeared to lecture her. He just wants to talk and find out if it's his fault. Amazingly, Vance, it was not. First time for everything. She lays out her reasons. She wanted to do this academy thing, but when she got here, she realized that it was ridiculously hard. And now she's on the verge of hating it and herself. That hits close to home with Vance. He fanboyed Captain America his entire life. Then he became a hero. And it was hard. It was really hard. But he still feels like a hero when he puts on his head sock.
I can relate. I was once told that wearing compression socks would help my circulation on a long flight. But by the time it was over, all of the fat in my legs had been squeezed up into my stomach. That has nothing to do with what they were talking about. It honestly made more sense in my head, Rick. It honestly did. Anyway, Van sees Manny's point and agrees she should quit. And he is going to quit too. The next scene and the next night, we have a new Warriors reunion with Speedball and Justice. They have both said their goodbyes and are talking about their next steps. And it looks like they are contemplating doing a road trip together to see the United States. 20 bucks say that they don't make it past Ohio. Wait, why? Uh, I don't know, dude. Again, it just sounded funny in my head. You may need to get your head checked again. But back to Maddie, who is trying to sneak out the back door, but she gets caught by Brandon, a.k.a. Striker. Maddie knows that she has upset everyone, and she does not want any more drama or advice. Wait, that is like what this entire book has been about so far. Striker's cool with that. He just wanted to let her know that just because she is a traitor supervillain, he still expects her to drop him a call from time to time. Well, that's enough for her to give her friend a hug. Hank and Tiger are watching this from a nearby window. Tiger is ready to move on and start taking care of the kids that they still have. Before they, like, start also becoming supervillains. Or to help them become villains, depending on your point of view. <laughs> Hank is ready for a change, and not the kids changing into superheroes kind of change. The Infinite Mansion is not the answer, and their dimensional tech is compromised, and he really hates the East Coast. They need a new headquarters and a new location and a new way to spend money that is not his. And he has himself an idea. Before we find out what that idea is, let's check in one more time with Maddie. She is being shown her corner glass office in a skyscraper. And when she asks what they do now, is told that they do whatever they want. Phew, must be nice to be rich. Speaking of which, let's check out Palo Verdes, California, the former headquarters of the West Coast Avengers. Everything is bigger out west. As everyone knows, you can have large slices of land adjacent to the ocean that have pure sun and green lawn. And, and who the heck is footing the bill for this place? Well, remember, Tony Stark is in the pockets of Big Avenger, and I ain't talking about Hank Pym. Speaking of which, Hank and Tiger are chatting about their very rough relationship that mostly is about Tiger cheating on him and trying to kill him. That can happen. But he is still in love with her. Interrupting the two lovebirds is Quicksilver, who always has time for a snarky comment. What? Not Quicksilver? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the guy who's been putting this all together at this lovely location, making sure that the roof won't collapse as the next generation of students show up. Well, I guess who one of them is, since this is the last page and there's been zero power pack-ins in this book. So, who has shown up with Julie Power? Well, let me check. We got a kid that looks like he's got bat wings, another riding a sentinel, a shiny woman-shaped Ultron, an Orion slave girl, a masked kid holding a hammer, a heavier set guy with combat pants, and a female Black Panther, except she's all in white. Could not be bothered to learn any names, could you? Not really. I thought about it, but then I figured they would introduce themselves in the next issue, and really, I don't care. Fair enough. <laughs> oh, we care. We care a lot. I care a lot. I'll okay. care in two weeks. <laughs> I'll care after <laughs> I read it. I, I remember some of the characters' names, and I don't remember others. I know that I'm like, Thor Kid is Thunderstruck. That's White Tiger. That's Julie Power with Wall Eyes. 
can't remember Sentinel Kid, and that's Batwing. And- yeah, we're, we're going to get to all of that. But first, we got to go back to the beginning of this book and talk about the cover of the book. Talk about the cover credits. We are talking Avengers Academy, and this is still part of the Fear Itself storyline, which didn't read, know the broad strokes of it. Norman Osborn is evil, and he was trying to do things, and a lot of bad things happened. Well, also, I think it was mostly about hammers coming down that would give people massive power, except they were kind of... It was... People would pick up a hammer and they'd kind of become an avatar of God, like the... If I'm remembering correctly, I think Sin got a hammer and... We didn't read this. Yeah. (laughs) I I read some. I know Thing got a hammer as well. Yeah. I touched into it a while back and it didn't seem great. But that's a lot of the big spectacle events that go on. Some of them are kind of like, yeah, this is just a thing that's going to go on every six months. And you got a big spectacle and then they can't defeat their enemy by punching. So they eventually punch it to to, to victory. Anyway, the cover of this issue has Avengers Academy fear itself. Gage, Rainey, Hannah Cox. That's over this green little symboled background going on there. Looks Asgardian, I think, in the background. And the main cover, we have a class photo of... This team of heroes that have been together, that have been working together. You've got Metal, Veil, Hazmat, Finesse, Striker, Reptile. They're all sitting in the front. And then behind them, you've got Speedball, Quicksilver, Tigra, and Vance Astro. And then you have Giant Man, (laughs) who's got his head sideways because he's in giant form. Because when you're doing a picture, you want to, you know. Yeah. Yeah. He's just highlighting. He's highlighting the good stuff. He's going for his face. Yeah. So... They've got this picture, and it looks like it was in this really nice frame, glass and everything. Well, it's been thrown on the ground. It's been broken. The frame is broken. The glass is broken. There's rubble all around. There's kind of a wire coming down. This is cool. I like this because this is telling you we've got this class photo here. It's an obvious class photo, superhero class. We've seen X-Men do this. We've seen Avengers do this. We've seen this before. It's happy-looking photo. you got some seriousness. Vance Astro's always serious, but everyone's kind of goofing around. They're having fun. And we see the destruction and desolation. We see the remnants of something that's happened. You can take a lot from this, that this is rebuilding, that that something has been destroyed. The family is broken. Mm-hmm. We are starting to, we have to do something different. Something else is coming out of this. It, it would be really neat if the first issue's cover was this photo, like on a, on a shelf or something, you know, to be like, oh, this is going to be the class and this, the characters that are going to be in it. And then you have this where it's kind of all ending because the infinite mansion's destroyed and everything. And, I don't know if it is. I highly doubt it, but I think that would be a good tie-in to have that be the yeah. you know, a different cover and then have the kind of destroyed version cover here. It is kind of funny because I was thinking the same exact thing. I was like, <laughs> I wonder if that is true because I thought that that would also be kind of cool too. We're on the I'm same page look a lot of really times, which is great. <laughs> I will look that really quickly. What do you think about this cover though? Do you like it? Oh, I do like it. I think it's pretty great. It because it, it's nice. It's just showing the characters at rest. It's it's class photo. It's the the oh and and here's our team. You know, it's the job orientation photo where it's just like oh hey it's everybody get together. We're having a photo and like Tiger's dressed up in a suit and Tiger can dress however she wants because normally she's walking around in a bikini. So <laughs> I checked it out. The cover of the first issue is those kid characters the one in the front row they're all kind of like coming forward avengers academy one number one and behind them you see thor and captain america and iron man kind of like from the avengers number one so it's the old one and that's part of the heroic age so yeah it unfortunately they didn't 
probably think that far out ahead. Yeah. It would have been very cool if they had. Maybe there was a time in the issues themselves where they had uh, taken a class photo, and that th- maybe this was a panel out of one of the one of the comics previous. Who knows? I think it would be great if it was. Yeah, it would have been nice to have that kind of thing, especially since it's the 20th issue and they're making some changes, not wholesale changes. I mean, looking at this picture, you've got three of the people that are piecing out. Mm -hmm. You've got Vale, Speedball, and Vance. Everybody else is staying and they're going to be getting more people. So it's not a complete breaking up, but it's definitely a reshuffling and there's going to be things that are going to be introduced. This is changing now. This was a status quo. Something else is coming. It's going to be different. Yeah, they dropped some people to pick up twice as many uh there's also the aspect too that uh speedball had even said he's like i am still part of the group i am available if you need me but i'm leaving he's he's left his foot in the door he hasn't fully he hasn't cleared his room out he's just kind of like said i'm taking a break if you need me i'll come but i'm not here right now yeah we don't know what this is i haven't yep. i've read some of these issues i know a little bit what's coming up we don't know what's happening all we know is that things are going to change. We got more kids coming in at the end, but it's yep. it's a good transition thing. The entire book is this long, long Irish goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it is. It is. It's just dragging. Yeah, it's it's dragging. all about somebody leaving and who's the person. All of them. Yeah. Yeah. And she's trying not to have i think of one time she's like i don't want to say the same thing over and over and over and yet she's having to because she's having one-on-one conversations with every single person in this book yeah because well that's because people are coming to maddie to say they're giving her her opinion and her thoughts their thoughts on stuff not they're not asking her what her reasoning is they're going they're giving her their reasoning of why she should stay when they're not her she has Mm -hmm. her own reasons for doing it a a couple people do yeah a couple people do treat this correctly but it still turns into a reflection on themselves. It really does. Because a lot of people will be like, oh, man, this is about me. It's my story now. Well, yeah, yeah, I know you're going through a thing, but this is how it relates to me. And a lot of people are like that. I, I'll do it myself. Everybody does it. It's, mm-hmm. it's kind of the difference between empathetic and sympathetic. Mm-hmm. And it's trying to get into more of, boy, I always get this wrong here. It's trying to get more into the empathetic instead of being sympathetic with them. I believe that's the correct way of looking at it. I can't remember. I may have switched that around. <laughs> but it's the difference of saying, you should just get better. You know, I understand you're upset, but you should just get better. And, you know, trying to be happy with them and trying to make them happier. Where instead you're like giving the person time to grieve or to be sad or to to tell you what they feel and yeah. to pre- and present what their needs are to you. And you to listen and accept that and let them be in their moment instead of forcing them to do or forcing yourself to be like, well, I feel like, or well, that has happened to me. Or or at least it's not as bad as, mm-hmm. and it's something we all do. A summation of that would be just Tiger's interaction. Because when she yep. found out that Vale was leaving, she's like, don't even talk to me. And then when Vale's you know, sneaking out, she's talking to Hank and is just like basically saying, She's dead to us. We have other people to care about. We gave her everything. She's making mis- you know, she's making mistakes. Yeah. She's a basically she's a fool and an idiot and we could have helped her and she should have listened to us. Well, here's the deal. That's great for you to think that. She needs to make her own choices. Is she making a mistake? We don't know, but it's her life and she needs to make her own mistakes and she needs to grow from them. Maybe it'll be a great choice. Maybe it'll be a bad choice. If anything, I can respect Tiger for being honest. (laughs) (laughs) This is what Tiger feels, Mm -hmm. and there ain't no line. This is my feelings. Whereas other people are trying to 
guilt veil and trying to say, well, you shouldn't do it because of this reason. And and, and Tiger's like, that's your choice. See ya. <laughs> and, and she's truthful. She it's may not be the most empathetic, but she's honest. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes that's okay. <laughs> so we aren't. We're not going to get a lot of time with Vale. You know, we may get to spend time with her and learn more about her afterwards. We get a good sense of who she is and just through why her choices are her choices, her own fears, what she wants to do before she is going to die. Okay, let's check out some of these other people. So we're going to be spending some time with them. These are our new people. We've met them once before when we had Spider-Man be a guest star and Alex... Alex took over teaching class, so we read an issue where Spider-Man was their assistant teacher, or substitute teacher. <laughs> yep, asked by Hank to come and yep, you know, and talk to the students so they don't make all the mistakes that he's made, because he's made every mistake. So, let's talk about them as we see them on this cover here. We've got Metal, and he is a red, metal-skinned boy who, that's his skin, it's just indestructible. Skull face. Skull face. He has just got this armored exterior that nobody can touch. Mm -hmm. Doesn't seem like he's the brightest boy in the bunch. Mm -hmm. Doesn't seem like school is a big thing for him. You know, and he was even talking when he was talking to Vale. He's like, oh, man, you know, it's like discorporate within 10 years. You won't be able to touch anything, man. If I and then you're going to get this job. If I had known that something like this was going to happen to me, I'd have spent more time at the beach instead of at school. Yeah. Yeah. He, he's a simple soul, is what he seems like. Simple soul. Very simple soul. He seems to be easily swayed, especially by certain female members of their team. Mm-hmm. That's his thing. Speaking of which, we've got Hazmat, who may be tied with Tigra for just being as the nastiest person here. Mm-hmm. We aren't sure yet. <laughs> Hazmat has a power where she is continually extruding radioactive material. So she is always wearing this Hazmat suit. Yeah. So it makes sense that she is a little standoffish from people mm-hmm. because, well, she's angry. She's got a yeah. reason to be angry. Yeah, she. I think she used to be like a, a happy life, fun party girl kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And now she's at a state, oh, cool, I've got a superpower, which means that I cannot be involved with anybody. I'm rogue plus. Yeah, All I much. am is toxic. Yeah. I am stuck in a suit forever because if I'm out of the suit, wow, everybody dies. That's super fun. Yep. She's got a toxic personality, and that's that's what we know about her. Mm-hmm. We have Finesse, who is a little stuck up because she's really intelligent. She can copy everything. She, she's basically Taskmaster. Yes, she's Taskmaster with uh, autism kind of thing. Yeah. 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 And then we have Stryker, kind of a pretty boy. He's very much into himself. He also has, I think it's a lightning power that he's got. But he comes from, I think, a rich background as well. He's kind of an interesting character. And I know in the next couple of issues, we're going to see some interesting interactions with him. He is a character that I continually forget about. Every time I see him, I'm like, who's this guy? And then they go, oh, it's Stryker. And I'm like, oh, yeah, this guy. I have no knowledge about him other than electricity powers. Right. Like stuck up with electricity powers. Done. That is my my completion of his of my knowledge on him and to be fair this entire avengers academy team i haven't really tracked them and seen where they've gone Mm -hmm. but they show up here and there and not too many other places i think they were trying to be used as an it team going forward but Mm -hmm. i don't know if they ever really caught i don't think it ever really took i could be wrong but you do not see them very often 
No, not very often. And it's, they really stick closely around the Avengers titles. Yeah, so. they're a very narrow scope team. Yeah. And then we have Reptile, who can change into his body into various reptilian shapes. Yeah, I think he, any like any dinosaur. Any dinosaur yeah. bit. So he can get pterodactyl wings and a stegosaurus tail and you know, whatever. He is the favorite character for any child between the ages of four and six. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and grown men who like dinosaurs still. Well, you got the mentality of four and six. <laughs> dinosaurs! Dinosaurs are cool. Uh, we will get into some of the newer people that show up on the last page later on. Uh, I'm not going to really worry about them now because we are just focused on this team and then saying goodbye to things yeah. to some people. I'm not even going to get too much into the, the faculty because we'll have time to talk about them and those changes as well. Big thing I want to hit on before we get on to our final thoughts is how are you feeling about the massive tonal shift between Hickman's writing style and Gage's? Hickman always kind of seems like 18 plates spinning. Mm -hmm. And also, a lot of the characters are very smug and intelligent and kind of have a superiority kind of complex going on. Where it's just like, there's lots of stories going on, but there's also the, oh, well, blah, blah, blah. You know, I'm Valerian, nah, you know, and Nathaniel. Oh, everybody always has like a plan of some kind of thing. This is very much just like a lot of people that don't really have plans and they're all kind of depressed and they're, they don't feel great. And they're kind of just trying to make it through the day and they don't always know what to do, but maybe they're going to do something. It is a different mentality. That's very different characters. It sounds like you really are talking about drama, mm-hmm. TV drama. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He has worked on Hawaii Five O, Daredevil, Paradox, Revisioned, Tomb Raider, Numbers, a couple episodes of Numbers, a couple episodes of Law and Order. I'm just saying, Yeah. <laughs> he's the c-dub yeah yeah there you go he's the c-dub yeah i think that a little bit of his writing style and, and not to say that he's got a lot of work in this but it just seems to me that his writing style is very much centered on the drama of it all mm-hmm. which cool kind of like that growing up with christopher claremont and uncanny x-men and louis simonson and power pack and new mutants and x-factor that's all that was it was that drama that interaction between characters that's what this is it's not the big universe shaping events that hickman ties together with Mm -hmm. giant storylines that are going to break the fabric of how you write comic books this is hey workplace drama Mm -hmm. this is the dawson's (laughs) creek this is the yeah this gets into just the characters being characters and how they're interacting with each other but i will say that reading this and even writing up a script for it, it was hard because I was used to Hickman having space for mm-hmm. us to discuss and to talk about. I'm like, I can't, I have to summarize a lot of dialogue, a lot of talky-talky, a lot of, they moved over to this set piece, to this set piece, this piece. They went like 10 different places mm-hmm. in the course of this 20-page book. Oh my goodness gracious. It, it's a different feeling, it's a different pacing, and I think it's something we're going to have to get used to because... <laughs> It's kind of like we're slowing down and ramping up the talking. Mm-hmm. We, we're slowing down one style of storytelling and amping up a different style of storytelling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Anything brand else new you want to show. Talk about? <laughs> brand new show. And the reason why you are here is because Julie Power is joining this team. Yes, she How, is. How, in what capacity, I can't tell you. All I know is that a very... Badly drawn Julie Power shows up at the end of this book. Yeah, yeah. like I said, she's kind of a walleye Julie Power. And, and, and here's the catch is that 
the rest of this book, except for like the pat, the last four or five pages, yeah. the rest of this book is fine art. I mm-hmm. don't have really any problem with the art at all. It's all very fine. It's all very serviceable. Then you get in the last couple pages, and like Tiger's face is off, mm-hmm. and and then you see Julie Power, and she's kind of like front and center. She's coming flying out of this Quinjet with all these other characters, and you see her face, and you're like. Did she just slam into a invisible wall? <laughs> I don't know what happened. Deadlines, my dude. Time constraints and deadlines. Whew. No, I for the most part, I am liking Rainey's art in here. I think it's pretty good. It's not off the hook. No, it's, but it's, it's pretty it's, good. It, it is entirely serviceable. It's very passable. Mm-hmm. It looks fine. It doesn't jump out of the page at you. It's not stuff that you're going to be like, oh, man, Rick, did you see this yet? Did you see no. this? Yeah, there's no moments just like that. that. It's the, just the problem is, is at the end of it, it's like, mm-hmm. wow, this got bad, and I had yeah. to keep flipping back and going, no, this wasn't bad at the beginning. I don't know what happened here. <laughs> Deadlines. Gonna say deadline. That's my only guess. All right, let's get on and talk about some final thoughts, and we start off with our brand new, just put up brand new classroom. Mm-hmm. It's outside classroom because this is Southern California, my dude. <laughs> but it's an outside classroom. <laughs> Don't worries, we can put up our our new artwork all over this outside classroom. Brand new. We gotta start it out with nice and fresh. Let's start off with some joke ones. Mm-hmm. You betcha. And I'm I'm gonna go ahead and start because you know why? You want we to. We were just talking about it. Oh, while well, I the last page. Yeah. The last page. We were told to pose like this. Yeah. Because it's not just Julie. It's everybody. <laughs> it's everybody. Yeah. Uh, I actually that's my top joke one. I called it a normal way to leave a plane. Because everybody's yeah. like in an action pose, shooting forward into adventure and infinity and the everything that's going on. Massive things are going on just over there and we're running to it. No, it's pointless. It's like... It, it's absolutely pointless. Yeah. You're deboarding a plane to like get in line to have like, roll call. All right. Get in this line. It would be better if they were all just casually walking out. Oh, yeah. And with, with amazement and awe at... What a cool facility. Yeah. Instead, they're all like, we are here to attack mm-hmm. somebody. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody looks ridiculous. They're all, yeah, it, it, they're all, and it is dumb as dumb can be. Speaking of posing, mm-hmm. what are you going to pose with for your backup joke one? Uh, on the very first page, the big old splash page when they're fighting the serpent, uh, I call it okay. Marvel characters when ordered off of Wish. Because okay. you because you look and it's because they've all been like hammer transformed or something. So Iron Man looks off. Red She Hulk she looks about right, but Spider Man's got a weird costume and big like forearm claws. Gray Gargoyle is weird looking with a big hammer. There's a character who I'm like I have no idea who you are. There's just a bunch of people where it's like yeah, I can recognize a bunch of you, but a lot of you just don't look right. <laughs> so everybody's just off. Here's my thing. I actually had that my top best art. Ooh. I like the opening splash page. Okay. I thought the the fact that there's this giant snake that's blasting down horror on these transformed heroes, mm-hmm. I thought it was pretty awesome looking. The way they're showing this too is that this is on TV. This is the shot from mm-hmm. TV that they're saying, bad stuff has happened. And I'm like, I want to w- sign me up for more. I want to keep watching this show. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let me tell you about my top joke one. Mm-hmm. I call this, how private can this chat be? And this is where Hank Pym is having his 
private little chat <laughs> with Vale, and he's yeah. leaning on the side of the building. So he's yeah. there. He's got his cowl off, and it's he's on. just standing there. And this is the bottom panel. It's, he's just standing there leaning on this building, and Vale is just sitting at the edge of the building. And I'm like, they're there having a nice, quiet chat about why she's leaving. And dude can't be bothered to shrink on down yeah. to you do not need to be giant man for this conversation yeah. it would be better not to be giant man for this conversation yeah he's like four stories tall and yeah. I, I i know this because it's on page 22 of marvel unlimited it was my backup best one for art actually it's, it's, it's good i just found it absolutely ridiculous mm-hmm. and i'm like just no yeah i said how private can your chat be with the four-story man so oh, i had the four-story it, it, it is too. it is ridiculous and silly but it is my backup art and i called it a big talk yeah because it yeah. looks great yeah. but it is ridiculous it is stupid ridiculous all right i think i i, I there may be another one still out there but I, this might be our last one i got my backup one and this is the flashback, and this is the picture of Doc Ock. And oh, uh-huh. this is right before we cut over to Maddie looking out of her new apartment. And this is this really cool flashback. It's where Hank Pym and Tiger are talking, and they're thinking back to some of the things that they've faced before, like the battle between Dr. Octopus and the Absorbing Man. And it is very cool because this is like a twisted version of both Doc Ock and the Absorbing Man. Mm-hmm. And they're in the background, kind of a darkened color, and you see Hank and Tigra talking about it, and it just looks very, very cool. It's a very well-composed picture. And it's it's my top art, and I called yeah. it Dimension Door Absorbing Man, because they're talking yeah. about the Infinite Mansion, and they're like, Doc Ock has messed it up, and Absorbing Man has gotten my dimensional door tech so everything we can't use any of that because it's it's been it's tainted it is been infected we can't use it anymore absorbing man just looks awesome he looks super cool he's got like stone growths coming out of him he's got glowing orange symbols which i'm gonna assume is the uh you know the the door tech he's got you know brick wall forming on his tummy it just looks really good and the doc ock is the later day going to die doc ock yeah. It's, it's him in his, uh, you know, like kind of mummified mode where he's like, my body's shutting down, but I need to do things so that way I can live on in, spoilers, Peter Parker. So, And again, you look at this page and then you look at the last couple pages. Yeah. I don't know what happened because oh, yeah. great picture of Tiger there. I mean, I like her face in this one. Mm-hmm. Hank maybe look a little weird on this, but I, could, I still like it. This is yeah, well done. Bad. And then you get to the last page and you're like, what happened? And congratulations, 444, not necessarily, <laughs> actually, none of them were matching where no. we had them, but we had the same four pictures. Yeah, we did have the same. <laughs> oh, okay, I think what might be a, kind of a problem on the back page is that it looks like it's done with a fisheye lens. So everybody's kind of distorted out a little bit is what it looks like. That doesn't make sense. It makes them look idiotic. Yeah. It makes them look stupid. It makes mm-hmm. them look like, oh, pick your favorite rubber and gluma because that's where we're at. The best or most childish insult. I'm going to go ahead and say right now, both of mine are Quicksilver. Surprise. One of mine is Quicksilver. My backup one, Quicksilver talking about Jeremy Briggs. Yep. The boy is a weasel. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep, yep. The boy is a weasel. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't look like a weasel, but you get exactly everything about him from that description. Mm-hmm. Quicksilver, yeah, don't Quicks- lie. Yeah, this is Quicksilver yeah. talking about it. It's pretty great. Yeah, he don't lie. Uh, I'll just do my other Quicksilver one, and this is at the end where Quicksilver's talking about Tiger and Giant Man. Oh, yeah. The two of you behaving like animals in heat. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because they're smooching. Yeah, they're smooching. I mean, (laughs) it's Quicksilver being Quicksilver, and I just, 
I like Quicksilver being mean to everybody else. <laughs> How about you? Mine was on page 18. This is when Vale is sneaking out, doing her Irish goodbye, and Striker's there, like, going, hey, you're sneaking out. And it's, she's like, okay, fine. You're my best friend. You've earned the right to, to dig into me. Everybody else has. But what do you want to say to me? And she, he's like, I only wanted to say that just because you're a traitor supervillain doesn't mean we can't hang. So like good luck and don't be a stranger, okay? You know, it's just like traitor super super villain. You know, it's like, hey. If if this is my introduction to Stryker, I like the guy. Oh, yeah. I like the guy. Yeah. I mean, I don't know much about him, but so far I like him. Yeah, because <laughs> he's even saying, he's like, dude, I am too screwed up myself to give you any advice or to yeah. judge you. It's like, man, run your own race because I'm over here falling downstairs. It's, it. Yeah. It, don't worry about me judging you. Just do, do your thing. But we're friends, so remember that. I, I like spending time with you. Let's hang. So The best way to approach a friend on some of these kind of situations, mm-hmm. it's needed. He recognizes it. If we can all be like that. Yep. But not me. I'm not like that to you. <laughs> no. No understanding at all. Let me tell you, I may not be a good friend, but in this book, there is a parent of the year. We are going to keep the parent of the year award mm-hmm. because why not? We're yeah, still dealing with kids. We're going to figure out who in here is may not be the best person in the series, may not be the worst person in the series, but the person who showed that they are a good parent or a bad <laughs> parent. We don't know. It's the Reed Richards Award for good parenting. Hank. Correct. I'm going to say it for good reasons because he recognized his failures and talking to people and he was not just making them do things his way. Correct. And it was really nice when Vale says she's leaving. And he's like, no, you can't leave. You're too important to the team. We we need this. And Justice was like, hey, no, you haven't been there. You haven't seen this and all these things. And immediately Hank was like, you know what? You're right. I was yep. speaking for selfish reasons. You have to. You have your own choices. You choose what is best for you. Yeah, Hank was great in this. We are matching up pretty good on this issue. Let's see if we can bring that into our popular and shunned, where we identify the worst and the best in this issue. Worst. Who you got? I got Tigra. Ding, 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 my friend. (laughs) I, I said it before. Her delivery and her honesty, very refreshing. But let's not mince words here. She's a pretty caustic person. She's yes, she is. She is more caustic <laughs> than Hazmat. Hazmat, oh, well, she's really caustic personality yeah. and all these things. And it's like, from the interaction that she had with Maddie, it seemed like she it, was, it, but she's not now. She was very, like, supportive. Yeah, you could everything. see her trying. Yeah. She was trying to be better. Yeah. Whereas Tigra's just like, nah, you're dead to me. Yeah, <laughs> right up front, where it's just, yeah, just yeah. angry, upset, and it's just like, you want to leave us? Then I'm leaving you right now. Why are you even yeah. spending time here? Get out of my door, you know, kind of thing. All right, we matched on that one. How are we going to match on this one? I went with Brandon. I went with Stryker. Ooh, that is an excellent choice, but I am deviating from the norm. Brandon was a great, great choice. He was just in the one moment for for a really good thing with talking to Zale. It was so good. I liked that interaction. Mm -hmm. I liked him just recognizing, you know what? Look, you've talked to everybody else. I'm not going to do anything else. I'm your friend. That's it. That's the beginning and the end. And I appreciated that. So He's a great choice. He wasn't even upset that she was sneaking out without saying goodbye. Oh, yeah. He understood. He was just like, I, yeah, I understand. Mm-hmm. So I, I like that. I respected that. He was also smart enough to know that she probably was going to do that, and he went to the area where she'd be sneaking out at. <laughs> yeah. What would I do? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Who do you got? I got Justice. Hmm. 
Interesting. Justice, I thought, was a, did a really good job on that because he stood up to Hank when Hank was like, no, you can't yeah. leave. And he was like, you haven't been there. You don't understand. So he was supportive of her. Then he went to go talk to her later. And she's like, hey, what are you doing flying up to my window? What if I was changing? And I liked his reasoning on that. He's like, if you were getting naked in your room, you would either have your windows closed, your drapes closed, or... The people in the office across this across the way would be lining up at the window to peek at you. I assume yeah. <laughs> that you weren't. There we go. He also was very good with speedball too. He listened to speedball. Yeah, exactly. And so since he was just like, How about we go on a road trip? How about you and me? What if we go we both were thinking like taking time off and you were talking about seeing the world in a lazy, easy way? Why don't we get a car and we don't we could go do that together? Yeah. He's he I I just really appreciated how level headed and supportive he was of everybody. So that's why I all right, justice. All right. Then that is our choices. Now, we got another choice we're going to make. We have to rank this book on our ever-growing list of the best issues that Power Pack shows up in. And Power Pack showed up here for a hot second, a really scared Julie. Yes, <laughs> Top of the list, Fantastic Four 588. Down at spot number 20, we've got Loners number one, Fear of Flying. Down at spot number 40, we have got Doom Sacrificing while the Alt-Read Fries. <laughs> 27 minutes from Fantastic Four 14. And at the bottom, we got Loners number three. How are you feeling about this one? It's decent. It's not amazing. I'm feeling kind of mid-tier. Mm-hmm. Mid-tier high. Well, let's see here. I was just kind of chuckling and stumbling over doom sacrifices while alt read fries at number 40 <laughs> that's the 27 minutes uh is this better as some of these ff ones that we've got here around 38 and 40 that is a good choice actually i kind of like and this might be a little bit matching the art stylings fantastic four 580 that's the fantastic four with frank leach and Artie versus arcade and impossible man <laughs> That was kind of fun. That was kind of silly. It was a little bit of a one-off mm-hmm. thing. The art was special in it. Let's match it up to that. Do we like that more or less than this one? They were different tales with different vibes. Ooh, they are fairly close to each other. In the uh, Franktastic Four, there was a. It was a big special day, but a whole lot of nothing. Where yeah. This yeah. had a lot of motion and change and things with weight to it. Yeah. I'm going to say that it was slightly better than the Frank. I'm thinking Four. so. And then we have above that, Amazing Spider-Man 660, where they fight the pirates in Sinister <laughs> Six and Ocean's Elevening. Booty. So we got that going on. Mm-hmm. And I think this actually might be a good spot for it, right between those two. Yeah. Yeah, because this one's good. It's got stuff in it. This is the ending to something. Mm -hmm. This is the ending to a storyline, and they're moving pieces around. They're getting set up for the next one, and it's a lot. I think that this one's going to be a little bit forgettable, Yeah, but at the same time, I think it's well done. Yeah, it's the, our business was bought by another company, and they're downsizing to reestablish the brand, and they'll rename, but it'll be the same, but it'll be different. Yeah, that's Jeff's way of saying that this is going to be the new number 37 on our list. (laughs) And we're going to talk about beer now. (laughs) Jeff, we are in some low places. Yep. Actually, I'm feeling pretty good. Mm -hmm. We are drinking a beer called Low Places. We liked this a lot when we started drinking it. How do we feel now? I'm still really enjoying it. Again, it is simple. 
It is a non yep. for for them say, spouting the how complex this beer was. It is very simple beer. It's very enjoyable. It's very pleasant. I could put a lot of these down my gullet. Yeah, I may be feeling a little generous. I want to give it a four. Yeah, I'm I'm feeling the same way. I just I enjoy it. I like it. I think it's great. Simple to drink. Simple to enjoy. I'm not hating this at all. Yeah, I'm gonna join you on the four. I think that the four is a good number for this. It's a good beer. So low places Breakside Brewery. You still make our hearts sing, wild thing. Yep. And you know what makes my heart sing? Why, it would be kids' perspective. And that is where Rick talks to his 12-year-old daughter, Carrie, about the issue that we just covered. So Rick and Carrie, take it away. Hello, Carrie. Hello, Daddy. How are you doing today? Good, and you? Just fine, just fine. We are starting a brand new series. Woohoo! Woohoo! Starting with issue number 20. Woohoo! Woo! What do you know about Avengers Academy? Not much. Actually, probably none at all. It teens. Do you remember these kids from another book we read once? I think so. That one Spider-Man sort of thing. Yes. It was only kind of brief in some of them. Yeah. The one character that's leaving this book and then her five friends, they were all in that one book with Spider-Man. He was a substitute teacher at the time. Yeah, yeah. So you've at least seen them once, right? Mm-hmm. Overall impression of the book so far? It was okay. <clears throat> it didn't help not really knowing what was going on, but... I didn't give you any background to this. I didn't give you any stories. You didn't ask any questions. Just going off of what you read, were you able to follow the story well enough? Sort of. This one girl's leaving because she has emotional issues, and this other Two teachers are leaving because... Mm-hmm. Reasons. Reasons, yep. <laughs> There's a cat, and that's the most important part. <laughs> are you talking about Tigra? No, 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 no. The, the uh, oh, Speedball's oh, cat. Speedball's cat, that's right, that's right. Well, we aren't going to see Speedball and Niles anymore, so sorry. You're just stuck with Tigra. Okay. <laughs> what do you think about the kids? Do you like any of them? I don't really know them that much. They're just kind of... There? Yeah, talking, freaking out. So no real impressions on them besides that? Not really. I I feel like I need to know them more. Okay, not a problem. What about the teachers? Do you have any opinions on any of the teachers? Not really, just yet. I'm kind of waiting to see how this plays out. Is there any characters at all that you're interested in besides the cat? (laughs) Julie at the end. Okay, all right. It's something. It's something. What do you think about the artwork in this book? It's okay. I think we talked about this at the end, like the last page. Mm -hmm. Julie does not look good. Yeah. Up till that point, the art was pretty good. That's kind of what Jeff and I were saying on this one, too. We liked the art up until the end, and then I don't know what happened, but the last page Julie looks distressed. Yeah, the last page just is rough. So, all right. What do you feel about the difference between this writing in this book and what we just came off of with Hickman's Fantastic Four? I guess they're both kind of like groups of young people. and do you, do you feel that there's a difference in style and writing and presentation of the characters? Yeah, because there's more people quitting. <laughs> <laughs> and a lot more people with emotional problems than little kids have. 
well, these are superhero kids, and they've been through a They're lot. They're teenagers. They're teenagers. Sure. And they've been through a lot. A lot. Yeah. Which one do you like more? Which style of writing do you like more so far? I don't know. <laughs> do you like reading about teenage angst? Well, it helped better if I knew more about what was truly going on, but... Well, you can always check out the internet and look up in some past information too but you don't need to if you just kind of want to go into it cold and see what you can gleam from the information that you're being given mm -hmm. and also there's going to be more yeah in this series so yep we're going to be here for a little while you'll be able to in meet these characters and some other characters as well so we'll see what <laughs> that's all like anything else you want to talk about this book not really okay thank you very much for your time carrie welcome i love you bye, bye. love you Mmm! Always insightful. Always love you joining us and giving us your opinion on what we just read. Thank you so very much, Carrie. Shout out time. We like to recognize those listeners who take time and leave us a review on our lovely, lovely, lovely little podcast. And you can find us wherever, you know, there are some social medias, but you find us there. Leave us a review. Like these people did for episode 142, where we covered FF number 15. You know, that's the one where Power Pack shows up. It was awesome. Al Sedano and Resurrections, and Adam Warlock and Thanos podcast. Brian Knott. Charles Gears. Clinton Robeson and their podcast, Coffee and Comics and Fan Film Fridays. Gibson Gray. Hoover, Jeremiah, and their show, Four Million Years Later. Jeremy Daw. Jonathan Schaefer-Hames and their podcast, MWC. Justin Steiner. Limax 7. Mal. Matthew Birdsey. Matthew Fenner. Tim Price, the Podcrasher, and their podcast, The Outcasters. We like to thank those people that still give us some money to do our Patreon shows. We still put them out once a month. They're enjoyable. Join us, won't you? Give us a little bit of money. Help us out and get some extra Power Pack podcasting pleasure. And be like adorably astonishing and amazing Andrew Burns. Cheerfully cheeky and charming Char Logan. Challenging, cheesy, and chuckling Charles Gears. Destructive and devastatingly delightful Damian Witter. Dynamically dangerous and devious Doug Jones. Intelligent, interesting, and innovative Isaac Perry. Jesting, joking, and jovial Jeff Pollier. Just jetless and jeweled Jeremy Daw. Muscly, mighty, and meticulous Matthew Birdsey. Mythical and magnificent monologuing Matthew Laserwitz. Steely, salty, and steamy Sailor Bear Zodar. Sad and sickeningly silly Shag Matthews. Tyrannically terrifying and tame Tim Price. Way, way wordy and wobbly waffles. Weird and wonderfully wacky wind. Next issue, we are going to cover Avengers Academy from 2010, issue number 21. Welcome, students. Be sure to check us out wherever else we are. Not really doing much besides this show, but maybe someday we will do something else. Who knows? Things happen. And we have some merchandise available on Redbubble. Go to redbubble.com and search for Unpacking the Power of Power Pack. Jeff and Rick is a bi-weekly self-produced podcast recorded in front of a live studio audience of a bunch of comic book boxes that go from the Infinity Crusade to S.W.O.R.D. in Portland, Oregon. If you would like to interact with us, you can do so through the magic of the internet at Blue Sky, Jeff and Rick Present, Twitter, at Jeff and Rick Present, Facebook page, Jeff and Rick Present, our email address, Jeff and Rick Present, all one word at gmail.com, or at our website, jeffandrickpresent.wordpress.com. Also, we got a YouTube channel called, guess what? Jeff and Rick Present. And if you would like to help support our show, we are on Patreon. You can find us at patreon.com, Jeff and Rick Present. All one word. 
We are also a proud supporter of the Hero Initiative, and we'll be donating 10% of our Patreon donations to this great cause. We encourage everyone to give what they can to this worthwhile organization that helps the creators who provide us with such great content. Go to heroinitiative.org to find out more. Please rate and review us wherever you can, tell your friends about us, or share your love for us on social media. And as always, we want to thank the powerful people in our packs. My wife Cindy and our daughter Carrie. My fiance Hillary and our daughter Aurora. We, we love, love you. you. Until next time, costumes, costumes off. off. Our theme music is 80s Action by Kevin McLeod. Also featured in this episode is Badass by Fat Sounds. All music is found in the Competech.com and is licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 4.0 license. No! <laughs> Heck with those guys. We need to focus on Maddie, a.k.a. Veal. Fail. Veal. Yeah, not Veal. It's like she is got a terrible name and Fita hates her. Yummy, yummy. So, is that a win, lose, or a draw? Uh, you know what? Let's just call it a win so that Hank can have a historical hat trick. Try it again. <laughs> you lost historical. <laughs> okay. Woo! That hits Clone too. I don't know what that was. <laughs>